Welcome back to the REST podcast. In this episode, we continue our conversation around education and homeschooling in our high-control church culture. Be sure to listen to episode four to hear part one. So yeah, well, we decided to send me back in fourth grade, and I stayed at that school until 11th grade. Um, And I remember around my middle school years, there were some other families of the church whose, you know, the dads and fathers of those families were also elders, just like my dad was, they decided to start sending their kids to public school, mm-hmm. primarily so that those kids could pursue sports. And this was a huge ordeal for these families, like to come to this right. decision and to take that step in, in our church culture. Oh, it was huge. And I can only imagine that they also faced some backlash for that. And those families aren't at that church either anymore. Um, but I think that they really helped to lay the foundation for some change and they they had kids they were also large families and they had kids that were my age but then a lot of their children were also older than me so they had children that were in high school and needing to take sports more seriously if they wanted to pursue it outside of you know the level that they were playing at so for them to make the decision to go to public school i found it very understandable because i was starting to get interested in sports myself at that point um but how was that for you watching them do that as a parent? Oh, I was watching so closely because their children were a little bit older. And I remember speaking to one of the moms and she was telling me just the, just the gut-wrenching process that it was to listen to her child say, I want to go play sports in public high school. I need to do this. I know I'm good enough mm-hmm. and had been exclusively homeschooled. And the step that it just felt like it was like taking us trying to fly to Mars. Like it just felt so mm-hmm. radical mm-hmm. when it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, talking to them after their child got established at the school, the public school, playing sports and absolutely rocking it. Yeah. Like, and I mean, all of those kids did succeed in sports. They did phenomenal. Oh, went on to play collegiately. Yeah. But really, that helped me so much when your brother began to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. He was ready to leave the small Christian private school. So remember, we have gradations here. We have the church we're in that's saying homeschool is best. We were breaking out of that mold even yeah. by sending you all to a private Christian school. And then to think about going to a public school. That, yeah, that's a big jump. That that was like I said, that was radical for the church culture. So, but your brother, same thing is that he he wanted to go to a public school to play soccer. He knew that's what he wanted to do. And, you know, the advice that we would typically be given is you decide for your child. Your child does not know what's best for them. Right. You have to decide. And we chose to disregard that. And we let your brother go to public school and play soccer. He became a leader on the soccer team that the other players looked up to. He really started to blossom. Totally. Yeah. It just opened my eyes so much um, to the power of listening to my child and honoring my child as a person. You know, one of my favorite educators is Charlotte Mason. She was a British educator, and and this was the foundational um, educational philosophy at the school that you grew up at mm-hmm. and went to was Charlotte Mason. And I just love her writings, but one of the things she says that children are born persons. They're completely their own little people, mm-hmm. but we don't typically give them that high esteem and regard. Right. 
And I'm so thankful that I I understood this from the school that you went to. The, the, these teachings of Charlotte Mason helped me so much to really see you all as persons. Which a child is, absolutely. I think that that is a beautiful teaching, but one that is the complete opposite at the church we grew up at. I think that what I felt as a child in that environment was that I was born full of sin, I could do nothing right, and I needed my parents to discipline me to the point where I knew it was good. Mm -hmm. And as a child in that environment, it's so easy to believe that you are nothing but bad decisions and you need your parents to make every decision for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt as a child mm-hmm. and is the very boiled down version of what is taught at that church, that children are sinful and need to be punished until they know what is good for them. And that just opens a can of worms for hardships that children face in that environment and just a lack of recognition and I'm very, very thankful for my years of elementary school, especially in laying the foundation for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for those families that, you know, paved the way for public school to happen for their kids and then, you know, open the door for my brother to have that opportunity. I'm really thankful for those families and um, their courage in doing that and your courage as a mom to listen to what I needed as your kid. I'm really, really thankful for that. Um I want to talk a little bit more about it, what it was like in high school, because around the time when I went to high school, our church deviated from the homeschool co-op that we had been a part of to really more of a school that they made. And that school, I believe, only met a couple days a week. It wasn't like a Monday to Friday kind of thing. Yeah, more of a college model. I think it was three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just started out as a high school school right am i correct in that i think you knew more um and as a high schooler i was always kind of confused about that because it seemed to me like these kids were now just going to school and because they went three days a week they took math history science all of the things i was taking as well and as a kid i was like what's the difference because they're now also going to school so what has all this hardship been about um And from what I heard about that school, we never went there. We never did anything involved with that school. But, you know, from what I heard, it seemed very similar to my experience, but it was completely saturated in that church's theology and their beliefs on homeschooling. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about what that type of education is called and kind of what it's based on, because I think you can speak more to that. Well, for sure. So now we're when we go back to the levels of education, we have at the bottom public school. Mm-hmm. Up from that was private Christian school. Up from that is homeschooling. But there was another level, and that was classical education. So homeschooling, classically educating your child. And I'm not going to go into that here, but you know, people can Google that or whatever. Um, but the the classical model of education was. T- definitely the very top of that ladder. Um, And the school that you went to that you grew up in was, like I said before, it was a Charlotte Mason education. And sometimes Charlotte Mason education and classical education are um, compared, contrasted, um, but classical was always um, raised to a higher level. Mm -hmm. Well, there was definitely, I could feel some overlap in my school and that school, especially my younger years, because there were a lot of kids at my school who had also grown up homeschooled. It was very appealing for homeschooling families. So there was definitely a lot of overlap. And 
I can agree that there were, from what I know of classical homeschooling or classical education, I could see the overlaps because I think it boils down to, you know, Christian education. There's similarities within that. Um, but yeah, I, I can agree that classical education was really held in high esteem. And a lot of the kids who are homeschooled in our church ended up going there. I think it was almost, if not oh, all. Oh, I mean, it was a track. Yeah. So these kids that had been exclusively, almost exclusively homeschooled, you know, I think the majority of families would go to a co-op here and there. Right. Um, they would track into this high school. But, you know, even around that, the the extracurricular activities that these kids were going through as homeschoolers was varied and very different from what we were doing. So I really felt like music, theater, and dance were exalted mm-hmm. as extra- extracurricular activities, in particular with piano, which it seemed like every kid in the church was taking piano lessons. Do you know why it was those three things? Like what biblical belief was the foundation for that, that those were better extracurriculars than sports? No, I just, yeah, cause so sports was like bottom of the barrel, like especially for girls, like girls should not be. Oh, absolutely sports. not. Um, they should be playing piano. Theater was okay. Theater was on the edge, I feel like, though. I feel like dancing was kind of the most. Ballet. Ballet. Just ballet. We're right. talking hip-hop or anything like that. Right. But most of the my peers who were my age and were girls were ballet dancers. Ballet and piano. Yep. Or another instrument later down the line. Violin. Yeah. Usually violin. Yep. Violin and piano. So that all goes back to this classical model of education that they held up as, like, supreme. Right. Um, like kids didn't have the opportunity to even try out something else. Like that was it, you know? You mean in terms of um, the choices that they had yes. within their family systems? Right, in yes. regards to picking something to do in your free time, so to say. Those were those your were, options. Those were definitely held up as ideal. That school developing and then the very limited options on extracurriculars really started to solidify the friend groups that were in that church. And I was not a part of that. Well, for sure, because you had just started playing volleyball. Oh, I was doing like my own thing so, <laughs> entirely at that yeah, point. What was that like for you when the school started? It created a power imbalance kind of in the congregation. It's kind of hard for me to describe what it was like. It was it was kind of felt cataclysmic within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, was seen as the elite. And if you weren't part of that, you were it was never explicitly spoken that you were lesser, but I always felt a little like I was seen as lesser, um, which was confusing to me because I was just as smart as those kids. And I didn't understand why my experience was seen as lesser if I'm just as smart and can do all the same academics as they can. Um, but it was really isolating for me when that school started. I would say that that was a pivotal turning point in losing the friendships I did have at that church. Um because I feel like that school really, it brought in some other families who didn't go to our church, but went to similar churches who also believed that homeschooling was the best way to educate. And therefore, this school was really appealing to them. So my friends were now becoming friends with other people who we didn't grow up with. So their friend groups were growing with very similar people. And I just grew out of that. Like mm-hmm. Because I was not a part of it, I just grew by myself. That was really painful to watch. Yeah. Super painful. I felt like you were just hanging out on the fringes. There. I was, absolutely. These are my old friends. I wanted to continue to try to have a friendship with them. I mean, I remember most vividly, especially when I was in high school, 
they would all be in a little circle talking after service and I would come up and try to, you know, bring myself into the circle and join in the conversation. And all they would be talking about was what their extracurricular plans were or what school was like for them that week. It was never an inclusive conversation. And that was so isolating. And like I said, I lost the close friends that I did have were gone once that school started. I mean, it was so isolating. Really changed up the dynamic that was already precarious. So we've talked a lot just about the the situation around homeschooling and, and what it was like. But, you know, and we've talked a little bit about the effects of homeschooling that we personally witnessed in our own experience, but also in in the people of the congregation, which we were a part in very tight knit. And you have some thoughts, I think, around that as well, right? Yeah, I like I said, I just started to feel so isolated in my high school years. I feel like that was really monumental of me feeling that had you guys actually made the right decision for me because I felt so isolated at church. And I'm so thankful that I felt welcomed for a large part of my time at my private school. You know, those were my my good friends for for a long time. Um and it's funny because my closest friend in high school at that church also started going to my private Christian school and she and I just kind of stuck together and I'm so thankful for her and for that friendship that came from that. But we were only friends because we were both isolated. And we had to, you know, go close to each other in order to have some kind of friend at that church. And then I want to talk a little bit about what it's like when you reach 12th grade. What do you do after that? Mm. Because that's a big change for someone who has been homeschooled their whole life to then be thrown into the university area. Because, of course, you got to go to college for college. You can't be homeschooled through college. And, I, you know, we were always... I think it was a similar teaching in the church and then also at my at my school that that was your time to be a missionary. It was time mm-hmm. to get out there in the world and get people to follow Jesus by your example. Mm-hmm. I think there was this kind of unspoken belief that people would just kind of look at you and how you were raised and be like, I want to be more like that. Let me ask them more about how they were raised. And that was never spoken out loud, but I just felt it was kind of like you just being you is enough. Mm-hmm. And then people will be drawn to you and you can share about Jesus. And that was always a little confusing for me because that's not how my experience was when I first went to college. That's kind of how I felt like it was portrayed was like you had been you were building up to this moment. It's time to get out there. It's time to go to college and be missionary. Mm -hmm. What was your experience in college? Was it what you thought it would be? Was it different? It was so much better than anything I had ever been told. So much better. So as I said, I stayed at my private Christian school until I was in 11th grade. And then due to some just situations at that school, I decided to leave my senior year and go do dual enrollment. And like I said, I was technically homeschooled, but I took all my classes at the community college here where I live. And I I thrived. That was a phenomenal situation for me because I, again, I kept my love of learning for, I mean, I still love to learn. That was something that's been a common theme in my educational experience. And to be able to do college early and be among like-minded people and be able to take classes that I'd never been able to take before, like electives. I mean, that was a phenomenal experience. I loved that transition. I loved college. And I also loved that I wasn't just hearing the same thing over and over and over, that I was getting to hear 
professionals share their experience that wasn't necessarily what I had always been taught. I do still remember the first time I had a professor kind of bash Christianity. Mm-hmm. I think that terrifies homeschool. Well, parents. it does. Be- well, I think it terrifies the kids, too, because we're taught that we're supposed to stand up to that, mm-hmm. that you're supposed to sacrifice your educational experience by standing up to professors who bash Christianity. I will say, though, that this professor was down-talking every religion. It wasn't just Christianity. This professor was an atheist and was just down-talking all religion. And in my head, I'm like, well, this he just doesn't agree with religion in general. Is that even worth, you know, pulling aside and down-talking? And I am not a confrontational person, so I did not confront him. I did not think it was worth risking my education to confront this professor who was way more experienced in life and his profession than I was. But I still, I do remember that first time. And I felt like my whole life I'd been warned about that. Mm. And he ended up actually being one of my favorite professors ever. It was... It's just a good learning experience in in that I could learn from people who didn't have the same mindsets as the people in the church that I grew up with. It was validating to know that I could learn from someone who did not have the background that I had been taught I needed to have in order to be successful. But I loved my college years. I absolutely did. And I'm thankful that I am where I am now. I now have a bachelor's degree and a very you know, respected job and very thankful for that. Yeah, I'm so, so grateful. I could see that the love of learning that was instilled in you in that um, private Christian school, that was one of the tenets, was that the goal was not to educate so much as to give the child a love of learning and of mm-hmm. self-motivated learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I see that in each of you, each of my children. And you really thrived in college. You continued to work hard and you had a great foundation laid. So you didn't struggle with math and science or did you? When no, you got I, into those higher levels. I was. I felt like I was ahead. I, oh, it was okay. easy. College math was easy for me, honestly, because I felt like I I also had a phenomenal math teacher when I was in high school. Other than statistics, <laughs> statistics got me, but every other math I felt like was I had been fully prepared to take. Sometimes I do feel though that having a great college experience as a you know young adult female was an anomaly for being someone who grew up in that church environment. You know, I, I think that it's, again, one of those subtle things that's never directly spoken, but it's always, el- you know, seen in, as a higher, more respected decision for a woman to just decide to be a homemaker yeah. and end high school, get married very young and have children young and then start homeschooling them. And again, if that's what that woman wants to do, that's completely fine. That's her decision. Do what makes you happy. But I do feel like it's an unfair pressure to place on a young girl without giving her all the options of what a life could hold. Having a college degree and then all the opportunities that can come with that. Um, Those were definitely looked down upon. I mean, I remember talking to girls that were finishing up high school and I would ask them, so what are your plans? What do you, you know, and they would get this look on their face like, I'm not sure how to answer that. Like, I think I want to go to college, but I feel like the the more spiritual answer is to, oh, I just want to be a wife and mom. Mm -hmm. And it was just so painful. I mean, it's hard because you can have both. You can. You don't have to that you know, was not an option yeah. for them at this church. And, you know, I think that this, this whole homeschooling education, um, that the opinions of the church, it became such a point of unnecessary division. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was just 
looking back, I can see that now I have more clarity. And um, that just feels so tragic to me, even the development of the school and the way that it, it really put tension and, and eventually conflict and, and division within the congregation, mm-hmm. sadly. Like you said, I was still getting a, a Christian education, but it wasn't homeschooling. So it wasn't seen as, you know, as appropriate. And then, of course, you know, my siblings going to public school just opened a whole nother, you know, can of worms that I'm sure you guys had to work through. And yeah, I, I can completely agree that I feel like it was an unnecessary point of division. Well, I would urge our listeners who have some concern that they're in a high control religious system or if they were raised um, in that to think about telling your story to someone outside that group. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, yeah, I think I was kind of brainwashed in so many ways. Really, the only objective way to evaluate that is to take it to somebody unrelated to that group mm-hmm. and begin to tell your story and get feedback that way. I don't know if you found that helpful. Oh, beyond helpful. Just to get a different perspective. Like I said, the people that I was taught to keep an eye out for, like the professors who are going to talk down about Christianity, are actually some of the people who I ended up learning the most from. And I think that you miss out on a lot of life when you just stay in that same cycle surrounded by the same people and the same beliefs. You just do. You miss out on some of the greatest opportunities that life has to offer for you. And I'm a firm believer that good education is power. And to be deprived of a good education, you're just not reaching your full potential of who you could be. So I can agree with you. If you feel like you're someone who has been deprived of that or raised in a high control environment that you're questioning that, reach out to someone who's not in that environment. I just want to reiterate that some of the kids that I grew up with who who were homeschooled are doing amazing in life and have achieved high levels of, you know, education. And just because you were homeschooled doesn't mean that you're lacking in education. I mean, like I said, some of the smartest peers that I knew growing up were homeschooled. So again, don't want to episode to come across as a downplaying or, you know, down talking of, of the homeschool education. I just feel like in our experience, we saw a lot of the flaws in it. And and I hope that just talking about our experience, you know, is enough in this podcast. We never want to downplay someone's decision. I think that it just becomes an issue when it's forced upon you, which I feel like is what we experienced. Yeah, I think that's well put. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely agree. But this has been really interesting yet again sweetheart to dialogue i always learn new things that i as do i by Mm -hmm. that i didn't know about your story yeah yours as well i'm just so proud of you for being willing to come on here with me and dialogue and um, again we just really hope that this will be helpful to our listeners absolutely thank you for joining us as always i like to close with feedback that we've received One listener who spent years in this church as a young teen wrote, I think the biggest thing was the element of how there were all these, quote, red flags that didn't really become clear for so long because they were just my normal. It can still feel tangled up inside of me. We hope that by hearing our stories and telling your own, it might untangle some of the confusion inside you. You can share your stories and comments with us at the email listed in the episode notes.